Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me on basically every major podcatcher and Odyssey as well. As always, well, actually, I say as always, but I've been really bad about plugging as of late. But uh, that's uh, that intro came from Justin Campbell. Uh, he does got a lot of production work for a lot of podcasts. So if you have a podcast, you're looking for someone to help you out, go to him at jcamp1521. Uh, today, my guest is Tyler Yonke, I believe. It's uh, spelled with a J. Uh, of the Libertarian Podcast Review. Uh, as always, it's a live stream if you're watching it today, which is the 1st, February 1st, uh, and it'll only be available the day of. Uh, patrons will get it immediately, uh, so my patrons will have access to this because I'll put it unlisted or private after, uh, and then about a week later, I'll put it on public. Um, but for the lowest level for patrons, it's two bucks if you want to do that. It's patreon.com, just no way, Jose 2020. The highest level is 20, and that's my sponsors. Uh, my sponsors are uh, C. McRae of the Whiskey and Tea Podcast, which I see her in here right now. She's got a great podcast. She's got like two episodes out right now. And about, I can I can vouch for at least half of them was really awesome because it was mine. Um, I have a, at SpaceCat2K is another a sponsor of mine. You go follow him on Twitter. I've also had him on the show before. Jacob Winograd of the Daniel 3 Podcast does a lot of great stuff for like biblical anarchy content if you want to check that out. And I have Liberty Down Under. Of, I believe he has a Liberty Down Under podcast. I think he also is like a guest. Uh, he comes on in the under the gum tree. I think Tyler built tell me he'd been he was on their show, I believe. Uh, but yeah, there he does. They cover a lot of stuff in Australia, so I know they have crazy shit going on in Australia. So if you want to have updates on that stuff, follow him. Uh, I believe the ad is at uh, Liberty Down Under. If you want to follow him on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I do want to give you guys some updates. What's going on? Uh, Tower Power Hour, and then you know, it's kind of my show, Gumtree of Liberty. CD McRae just uh, just helped me. I don't know what the hell Gumtree is. But I'm assuming some Aussie shit. Um, I just uh, should have dropped today. Uh, I just finished my live reading of an Agoras Primer. Uh, the, so the whole series, and it was a little long. Uh, I do like it. It's a little more evergreen content. I know the numbers aren't as good, but I'm, I, I think it'll stand the test of time. And I, I kind of enjoy doing the live reading, so I might start doing that more often. If that scares you off, I mean, whatever, let me know. I'll probably still do it anyways. Uh, if not, I mean, give me, uh, let me know content you'd like me to touch. I intend on uh, touching on Conkin's work. I have, uh, coming on Thursday, I have Sal, and we're going to start doing a live reading of New Libertarian Manifesto. And then after that, I want to do Agarist Class Primer. And I don't really have any plans after that. That way I've covered all the uh, all the Conkin's work. Cause, uh, and I liked Agarist uh, Primer. I had a paleo on because there's a lot of crossword paleos and Agarist. Obviously, with New Libertarian Manifesto, that's like a seminal work of uh, Konkin. So it just makes sense to have another, you know, one of the seminal Agarists of our time or that most people know of when they think of Agarist is probably Sal these days. So it'll be good to have him on. And I really would like to get Aaron on for Agarist Class Primer because, I mean, it's uh, not Agarist Class Primer, but Agarist Class Theory because, uh, you know, class theory, I mean, it's like a commie thing. And, you know, that's kind of what Aaron's known for is being like an integral capitalist commie or whatever the hell he is so it'd be kind of fun to cover that um you know so i'm kind of covering the different angles um what else i got i got a uh, oh yeah tower gang uh we have coming on tomorrow the second if uh you know if you watch this when it's public it'll have already come out and you can go check it out later uh, but we have gino bisconti i believe he has a in hot water on compound media he's a comedian it's good stuff <laughs> somebody said where can i find a cum tree of communism i think believe that's one of the that's one of the other many uh, uh podcasts over there in australia um yeah and uh you know for anyone's wondering the burt kreischer thing i am assuming at this point his publicist probably sent him like a uh you know a, a you know cole saying the n-word all the times he said it just kind of some sort of super reel of that uh so i mean i wouldn't be surprised if that's not happening because he did say he was gonna do it and we haven't heard back from him but as always if you want to bug him on twitter who knows you never know it might work out i don't know he's a busy guy maybe he forgot about us who knows 
Probably not happening. I'm sure someone got came to him is like, look at this. Um, but yeah, as always, go check out Top Lobster, toplobster.com. I uh, use Jose at checkout for 10% off. Uh, you know, he's grouped uh, with all the Tower Gang homies, all the different shows. So we get kickbacks from that. Uh, do want to let you guys know we're going to start. Tower Power is about to start advertising now. We've So I do want to thank you guys for that. Uh, you know, we've got enough money to start doing that. Hopefully we can consistently do that because it seems to be the way to do it. Uh, we're going to start advertising on Chrissy Mayer, Meyer, Mayer. I don't remember, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I know it's like a chick show and I'm mean, not to say that's a bad thing, but I don't know. It seems to be chicks for some reason like Tower Power Hour. So I don't know. I mean, I guess this seems to be a good audience to tap into. Um, you know, I know we're known for being women haters, but I guess women like that. So I don't know. We'll, we'll keep it going. Uh, you know, if it doesn't work, then we'll find somewhere else to advertise. But uh, I, I think it's a good place for us to be. We'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and bring on Tyler. Let's get into it. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Uh, one good. of the best green room backstage. Thanks yeah. for the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I've been enjoying it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was late. Uh, I had a had to get some coffee and then you know the coffee got my head together but then it also caused other things so that's why i was running a little late for you guys that's <laughs> a cibm isn't it not can be confused with a icbm i have no, no idea what coffee that one. induced bowel movement oh okay and i know icbm is some nerd shit i believe i, I don't know i'm not intercontinentalistic ballistic missile oh i was thinking it was a what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of some sort of like computer thing. Maybe that's something no, else. I, I, don't I don't know. You're going to have to evidently spruce up your computer <laughs> stuff for the El Popo. Uh, I don't know what you're doing there. Scrum. I, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll touch on that. I feel like we'll touch that a little bit at the end. Right. Cause uh, that way I'm not hassling my audience too much of the smut, but it is going to go to a good cause. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on that more. If you've listened to this whole episode, we'll, we'll go more into that. I don't want to, you know, go too much in this month, but it will go to a good cause. It's going to go to help fund uh, uh, the medical bills for NCR neocon remover. Uh, his wife got shot. I made the joke that it was me and I feel bad, but not bad enough to pay for it myself. So <laughs> here's my contribution. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. I know uh, my audience probably mostly knows you, but uh, you know, I, I don't know everyone. So it's good to go ahead and drop your name. Yeah, so my name. Who you are? What you're about? Tyler Yonke. You, but yes. I, I'm okay. What you? I'm done with the last name. Trying to mispronounce or to pronounce it. My kids never get it right anyway either. Um, it's Tyler. I'm uh, I'm the legal counsel for Tower Power. I think that's what I'm going. People may think I'm really busy with that, but when you have Cole and people the retards he goes after, uh, no one's smart enough to be filing suits. So I'm not getting any lawsuits right now about that. Um, I am an attorney. I have a podcast libertarian podcast review i just review podcasts and uh, clips and um that's kind of where i've oh we're so here to talk about the biking one i don't know if you got your your signals crossed up here <laughs> oh you want i i will go deep into cycling uh, and i know how much you love that so uh yeah sports it's uh it's what you and i are going to talk about yeah 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 sports uh you know i'm actually i played a lot of sports but i uh I don't like watching sports. Seems a bit of a surrogate activity. I'm just kidding. I mean, if you like watching sports, it's your thing. I'm not one who can sit and watch. I, uh, hell, my, I actually don't even, like, I watch UFC every now and then, but usually my wife likes it more than I do. I usually just fall asleep on the couch just because I'm like, I don't know. I'm more of a doer and I don't really like to watch, but that's just me. I don't know. Um, yeah, I do want to touch on your show a little bit. I don't want to let that go because I do think, um, you know, I do think it's a great idea. The show you got your Libertarian Podcast review. Um, uh, it might be a slow grind, uh, but I do think as more people find it, it's a great resource. I'm a little bit biased because you do seem to have affinity for me. So my yeah. clips seem to get in there a lot. So, you know, 
But on the real though, uh, I do think especially where, I mean, the joke is everyone has a podcast. So it's like, right. it's good to have uh, between, I know you do your deep dives where you have, you'll, uh, you'll fucking, um, you'll go into deep, like certain people's podcasts and review them. So people can get a good idea of what to, to fucking check out. And then on top of that, you do the clip show which I believe that was sort of my idea, maybe a picture of both. I don't remember. But either way, that's great because then people can find like the, the podcast of the week. I highly, highly suggest people check it out because it's good stuff. It's a good way to – because, I mean, hell, right now I'm, I my, my my I was looking at my YouTube or whatever and all my podcasts I have to watch, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't even watch all this. Like I don't even know what to do. You get to the point where you start like dropping shit. There's so much good content, so it's good to have something that's out there that's reviewing it for you. Uh, no, I bloviated you a little bit, so I don't know if you want to... Uh, no, that, that, just keep going. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, you, I did a clip show one week, and with that, um, you said, hey, Tyler, this is something you should really dive into. So I've continued to do it based on your kind of uh, pushing on that. And and I got good feedback, and, and some of the better shows have actually been some of those. Because what you can do then is <clears throat> you could do a clip of uh, you know one episode of this guy and this guy, and then you tag everybody, and then all their simps and everyone else just join in and, and like it. So uh, that works good. As far as the, um, I do the deep dive stuff. That And, and like you said, you're, uh, you're, my podcast catcher and my YouTube stuff is just filling up. I can't keep up with everything uh, either. Um, your stuff is fun. I, I tend to have my simple ones I always you know gravitate back to. And so you're one of those. I'm not saying you're, well, you're a simpleton. Well, we'll stay, stick with that. Uh, and then, of course, the ones I really like to do are when you do a deep dive and you do their whole catalog. That just takes a long, lot of time. Um, you know, I had Keith Knight. And then I try to interview people as well. And you were actually one of the, um, the people I had on early on uh, where we got connected. Uh, so I appreciate that as well. So, yeah, some of your people may know because you um, pirated the show and put it on your own podcast uh, feed as well. Uh, I just had Keith Knight on. Um, I talked to him this last weekend, Sunday. And, um, you know, I'd ripped his show. And, and I say ripped. Uh, my wife wasn't happy. Another friend, they said I was a little mean to him. But I was just talking about his, his, his uh, kind of his, you know, Keith is interesting guy. He's got a, on some of his early stuff, he's got a headset. He doesn't give a shit. And all of a sudden it comes on and it's kind of grainy. It's in and out. And then he's got a Michael Humor on the other side. And I'm like, how did Michael Humor decide that he was going to go on the show? But what's awesome about Keith is he starts off with a great question and you can almost see the, the host or the guest in that sense. They're kind of like whatever. And then he's hitting them with some great things and then they're into it. And um, so I'm, my point was, you know, ignore his quality of uh, production and get to the actual stuff. So those are the kind of things I bring to the table. Yeah. And then, you know, you are an objective. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. I mean, if someone can't take that sort of critique, then it's kind of like I feel like that says something about them. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, you have been very objective. I, I would say it is kind of a trick cause it is like, I guess there's something too, where you're like, you know, I might want to interview this person later. And if I'm too much, too much of a critic, it may, may backfire, yeah. but I, I do think it's, it's good. You definitely are. I've seen a lot of them. You are very objective. Uh, like I know you did one episode where you covered like tire power and a few other like similar type uh, shows and you were very, you were very, uh, what was that for? Well, uh, let me just talk about that real, real quick. I, I try to look, yes, for the most part, I'm trying to be nice and, and I'm doing, first of all, shows that I enjoy. So it's real simple and easy. You know, I did early on uh, Thaddeus Russell's, um, you know, uh, Tom, I haven't done Tom Woods, but, um, you know, just all these ones that I, I enjoy. Right. And now what I did with the Tower Power Hour was I saw that and I wanted to do them and I wanted to do Drew Hancock kind of all mixed in at one. But then I was like this tier of Tower Power Hour. 
there's kind of three shows that are similar or four timeline earth slurp gang not a podcast and and tower power but i featured you guys and then i said nom you know kind of honorable mention that shit blew me up because <laughs> slurp gang half of them blocked me because i said that half of the uh not a podcast guys blocked me because i said that uh, i did get burt back um when i was on josh's show um and el popo and then steppy they, they were but then lee has blocked me and then el popo dropped me and then he blocked me. and by the way we can talk about the el popo thing later so my point is i didn't mean to demean them because then i did a review of not a podcast later on it was just hey here's these guys we'll get to them later right now i'm doing tire power and um feelings were hurt i guess yeah which i don't get i mean we're all we're like a, in the similar right. vein but we're also very different like our brands of humor are all very different so I don't know. I felt like the backlash you got with that from that was kind of gay. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe uh, you also were seen to be more favorable to us a little bit. But at the same time, I will give it to them. Like uh, at least, like say Slurp Gang, like their production quality is way better than ours. I mean, they don't have I, the video, but I only know. played their intro because I <laughs> yeah. just loved their yes, intro. I think great. it's their best intro. The only problem I had was it's this intro and then it stops and then they start talking. I'm like, you could just easily. They don't do it on you know production on the video, so they could just easily blend the two in. It's the little sound quality that they do. But you know these are the these are the hazards. And you know what? Fine. I, I block, I'm an old white guy. I'm not I'm not trying to play in their yeah. world. Um, and really, I haven't gone after any. There was only one. There's a few. I've kind of there was one show I did kind of go harsh on, and it was when Dave, Pete Quinones, and Popular Liberty Andrew were all together, and they had like a little mini debate. And I could not handle Andrew's uh, on, on on screen presence. And so my point is you had a messaging problem with the LP and this guy's, you're trying to make some changes. This is not a guy you want to try to be messaging. You, you just watch him visually, sound wise, everything. So I did a five minute clip of him just spurging out. And I started that to begin with. Now, if you listen to it, I think I was actually, um, I didn't like rip his ideas and I, there's a lot of open dialogue that you can have, but um, you know, subsequently go figure, he blocked me online. Oh really? I, I like I like pops. I mean, I mean, but you did kind of. Well, I'll tell you why he did. Harsh, but okay. Um, so this is what I, I tweeted at him. He was going off about his stuff. I'm just not a fan of, of of his thing, but I'm open to it. Okay. So I started this thing off. I had some dialogue with Pete, and he was kind of nipping at the side because Pete was doing all the work uh, against me, which was fine. Pete's a mutual, and I, I like Pete. Um, and then I tweeted, I quote tweeted Andrew, and I just basically said, um. You know, Andrew wants you to be a part of the GOP. I said, you know, someone who's been there for 30 years, I said, it feels like the GOP is your mom. She's a whore. OK, she's been sleeping with every two bit dictator around the world. And you're Andrew is the son complaining that you're not being respectful to his mom. I'm like, I've been there. I've done it. You know, have it. You can go stay with your whore mom all you want. And so that would block me. But I mean, to be fair, uh, I would say I do remember that, actually. And, I, and you know, what? I actually. Uh, I mean, maybe I probably want to block for that, but I, I don't blame him either. Cause it's I don't like, either. I, I don't have a problem yeah, blocking. I know. I, I like when it comes to blocking, like my, I mean, there's some people I'll block just cause they annoy me or whatever, but for the most part, I genuinely, generally am just looking for bad faith actors or, or people who are just like, uh, uh, and to be fair, I could, that one rides the line. I'm not going to lie because 
But then again, maybe you haven't followed him as much. I know his intent isn't to take over the GOP. It's to use aspects of it. And, and I, I mean, I, I have my critiques or whatever, but I, I get where he's coming from. And this is a typical critique. A lot of people give like though or like popular liberty is that they're like shit like that. And it's like I, those are all fair critiques, but it would only be fair if they're advocating for taking over the GOP. They're just trying to use aspects of it to be able to do like localism. Which I mean, whatever. Okay, I mean, okay. maybe there's some critiques there, but so, uh, so uh, yeah. I've been once again been involved in that for years on end. Yeah. Um, they just had a tweet the other day because I could still kind of view some of their stuff, um, and it was something like, you know, oh, what has the Libertarian Party uh, done for freedom? And and I'm like, so what's <laughs> the 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 GOP driving the speed limit idea, right? The malice says, what have they been doing? And I'm not saying either one is working, but um, maybe. I don't know. It just feels like I've been there, done that. I've tried that. Uh, I'm just not interested. It doesn't mean that it's not good. Maybe he and his mom will work things out and she'll stop whoring herself out. I don't think so. Uh, maybe that's a bad critique on my side. I think if you've just been um, you know, beat up by a party so much, um, I'm just not interested. But I, yeah. you know, it's like, do you ever have friends that sold like some tiered um, like uh, Amway or something? And you're like, and they're like, hey, you're oh, going to make all this money and, you know, come and join me now before it blows up. And you're like, no. But when you make all that millions, then you come and talk to me. So I'm kind of like that with them. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. But when it when it works, um, I'll say mea culpa and I'll come with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really I mean, everyone knows I'm the agorist guy. So it's not even like I'm not right. even really choosing a side. I, I actually tend to be a little bit more favorable in like their like the post libertarians or the paleos, I, I actually see a little bit more, but I'm still don't really, I see more promise there, but I also both, I'm kind of like, you're both wrong, but I think maybe they're a little less wrong. I, I personally, I could, I could totally I, be wrong too. I'm yeah, just, like, I, I could be wrong too. I, I say this all the time. I'm, I, I'm not, I mean, and this was something I talked about with Dave when we did the Rothbard episode and like, that's one thing Rothbard talked about on NBC State is uh, he's kind of like he said near the end, kind of the closing statements. I don't remember exactly how I put it, but it's kind of like his idea was kind of like, you know, when it comes to like praxis is we kind of don't know. And I do think that's something that all of us should be cognizant of is that like, hey, we could all be wrong when it comes to praxis. There is like we're all used to as like libertarians or anarchists or whatever of having these coherent, like straightforward arguments of like. You know, very zeros and ones. There's no in between. Like, no yeah. cops are cops are the bad guys. The end, and yeah. or or whatever. Like, you know, you pick your thing, or like, you know, say when it comes to monetary theory, economics, you can break it down to like all sorts of like borderline sciences. But when it comes to like praxis, you really are kind of like it's you're getting into a very social sciencey type area where it's like, I don't know. I mean, we're we're kind of just what works. Who knows? It's really. I don't know, being too, I mean, I think I'm right, but also I know you think you're right. I know the pops thinks they're right. And, but we also, none of us really have this super, like you can't really, I mean, how do I put this? There's not some like mathematical, mathematical formula I can present to you to be like, this is why I'm right. You know what I mean? Like, but that's <laughs> their theory. So um, his is a mathematical calculation in a sense <clears throat> to get there. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, he's wrong. Uh, or not going to make it. Um, I do wonder if he's got this idea and this philosophy of working through the GOP. Why is it so intense on Twitter, as an example, of playing in the liberty world? Why is he not out talking to my parents and other ones that are in the GOP? It's fomenting his life on, on liberty Twitter. And I'm like, I, I don't know. The messaging is, once again, it seems to be problematic. Yeah, um, yeah I may have a little chip on my shoulder with him. 
<laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I really like Pop, Pops a lot. So just to be to full front, but I also like you a lot. I like I like I like you don't all have these to people. like me. There, there's good people saying. on all sides. <laughs> uh, and by the way, um, Andy in the in the chat said GOP has been instrumental in proliferation of gun rights. I don't say that that's wrong. You, you know, there's some it, maybe. Once again, it might be pushing back against him. I don't know about maybe he's joking, but um, yeah, I don't you know, know. there's you can pick some things. Yeah, yeah you could argue. I mean, look, I look, know. yes, I look at my ballot and I look through there and I'm voting mostly GOP. You're not voting at all. Still, I, I, my core is is libertarian anarchist, so I can't help but and I live like an agorist. By the way, um, we have chickens and we have this amazing chicken coop. And it just happened before we got in here. Um, and I know this isn't really what everyone wants to know, but as an agorist, you might appreciate this. Um, the chickens put themselves to bed every night. People that don't have chickens, they may not understand that that's just the chickens can't see at night. So yeah, they just put themselves. Yeah. Okay. So they put themselves to bed. Um, I have two separate doors for their coop. I have an outside coop and then their main Taj Mahal <laughs> coop. And it has a activated door that shuts and everything. But uh, I'll, I'll send out here. It's dark. And um, our rooster, which I hate. He jumped up on the window and was banging on the window. So my wife's freaking out. We go out there. He did that because the chicken door got shut in the wind today. He was saving his ladies. Um, I just thought that was kind of an amazing thing. Which I guess that's a good segue into my next point, sort of, oh. uh, you know, taking care of your ladies. Uh, you know, uh, I just listened to your Keith Knight episode before this. Um, you talked about, I, I knew you were old, but I didn't know you were 50. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that's like, a, you're like a few years younger than my mom. Uh, <laughs> so mom's, um, mom's good taste by the way yeah. uh but um <laughs> but anyways uh my point being is i i have two kids uh you know this i have a 12 year old and i have a nine year old um so and i'm only 30 so you can do the math i started very young yeah um but oh. you clearly i mean i don't know the exact math on how old your kids are i'm assuming you started a little bit later probably late 20s if i had yes. to guess 26 uh, may, yeah 26 okay well a little bit later than i thought Speaking of kids, I don't know if you can hear that cough yeah. in the background. That's my kid. She wanted to sleep in my bed, so I was like, oh, "Whatever, yeah. she can sleep in their bed." Mm. I don't know they, they have been a little bit, uh, but I'm not an idiot that's going to go bring them to the doctor over right. a little sniffle because <laughs> that's dumb. Uh, you know, they're fine, but uh, they have like <laughs> right. a, a low grade fever. But <laughs> but uh, anyways, my point being is, I kind of wanted to get your. I guess it doesn't work as well as my point because you said 26, but you've had kids throughout, so I kind of want to know what your thoughts are because you had kids a little bit older. I had kids really young. So I know there's a lot of fuck ups I made because I was young, but there's also probably a little bit of a benefit of having them young too. I've been thinking, me and my wife have been talking about a lot lately about having another one. I don't, I'm not ready to have another one right now. I want to wait a couple of years till I'm in a spot where I have more time because if I have another kid, I want to, I want to have the advantage of being a little bit older and having, uh, you know, typically what goes, goes with older age being economically better off. I also want to set it up to have my life be more agorist in a sense, more counter-economic to where I have more time, uh, uh, you know, essentially i have multiple revenue streams i'm uh you know kind of do more stuff from home i want to be in a spot where i have more time to devote to another child uh and but i also want to have a similar amount of money so i want to be in a good economic spot and also have a lot of time to devote to the kid um so i mean i think i might be able to get there in a year two three uh but you're know, not too far off but but i'll be a little bit older and i'm, I'm looking forward to it i'd like to have another one the kids are getting older but I kind of want to get your thoughts on having kids as older, uh, you know, and, you know, if you feel like getting any benefits, 
know, say something with like peaceful parenting or whatever. Cause like, I know for me, I, I spanked at a young, when I was younger, yeah. cause that was just kind of what I knew. I feel horrible about it now. I mean, I, I, I learned fairly early on to kind of like, what the fuck, this doesn't do anything kind of trial and error. It doesn't seem to work for shit. Uh, but you know, and then also like, I don't know. I just feel like that probably has long lasting effects. So, uh, you know, I mean, my second kid, I was a little bit better on and, uh, I'm not saying the second kid's better, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> you can notice some things from like, I think that might've been a little bit better not to spank. And I can kind of see the benefits from that one. So I guess we want to get your thoughts on that as being father, especially like being a little bit older. I don't know if you had this, if that your age in any way helped you in that regard. Um, I'm a little curious. I thought you might've been a little bit older than 26. So yeah. Oh, uh, question, no, <laughs> yeah, so my oldest, my oldest is 21, right? Mm -hmm. Um, youngest is, well, a my wife and I combined, I had two, she had two, we combined. So my two are 17 and 21. And then we have 15 and 18. Um, I mean, yes, people are what I've, I've, I've seen older parents, you know, they're my age now having younger kids. I have some friends like that. And it makes me tired looking at them because you know, the energy it takes to get down on the ground, hang out with the kids, do all these things. I'm so glad that we are in a spot that where every, you know, the three of them are all driving. I mean, it's, it's uh, crazy. You know, the insurance and everything is a, is a hassle. Um, I would encourage, and, and by the way, if you're asking or you're, you're kind of uh, thinking about, Oh, I'll wait till I have money and I'll do this. I, I just don't think those kind of plans work. I think you just have kids when you're ready and you make it work out. And, and you know that you've already had two. if you're going to have another one, just, just do it when you want. And I would say just, I haven't had them, you know, you could say I'm older, but like I said, I've had friends that are even older having younger kids and I just don't. Um, and, and I see a problem with sometimes with that when they're older too. It seems like, I don't know why the connection, but sometimes the older parents seem to have some sort of a coddling um, thing with the children that I just am not a fan of. I mean, my kids are no, you know, I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and my kids are my just one of my daughters was just talking and people can like this or not, but she's in college and she's like, oh, mom, I'm going to get a nose ring. And my mom uh, and my wife says to her, Okay, but you know you have some siblings that may ridicule for you for that. She didn't get a nose <laughs> because of that, and you know that's our, pretty harsh in our family. Um, we're we're pretty uh, I don't know not mean, but um, you know keep it other in check. Um, so the, another question or, or issue for you, if you're going to think about this, would be the uh, the age difference between your kids now and then having another one. Yeah, um, put them to work. <laughs> actually, yes, you know they could be utilized as uh, you know daycare or what have you. Child um, labor. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, being a parent, I, I was just thinking about this actually today. It's funny you said um, best part of my life is uh, having my wife and my four kids. Uh, I actually adore my wife. She's the, the best thing I've ever uh, had. And uh, I love my kids. You know, when COVID first hit, um, you know, everything was shut down. Kids weren't hanging out with their friends or whatever. And we took this little long weekend trip, got an Airbnb and just went and hung out. It was the best time because my kids are fun. They're, they're witty. They're smart. And we were just I finally forced them to hang out with me. So uh, good times. Yeah. No, it's funny. You brought that up. It kind of remind me of something like I know I, I was still uh, active duty military whenever the uh, lockdowns or whatever happened. So I got a lot more time off work. And so like, it was great being home a lot more often. And like, I guess that kind of reoriented me to be more even want to get out. Cause it's like, I, I want to have more of this, but it, it's funny. Like the worst and best thing of that was, you know, it was like I, I got more of my family, but and, and this may sound a little fucked up, but also part of the worst part was getting more of your family because yeah. you do want a little more more alone time. But then you know, on the flip side, when I was like uh, when I was actually military and I was deployed, 
it's the same thing being gone from home. The, the worst part of being gone from home was not being your family. But the best part of being uh, of not being there was not being with your family. Right, like right. there's no responsibility. Like, uh, I mean, not that like I was out there like getting doing like doing anything crazy, like cheating my way or anything. I was literally just working and like you're on a, you're in a military base. Like it, it's not like I mean, it wasn't out there. I was a mechanic. So I was just working working out going to sleep and that was it like that was, you, yeah. you work 12 hour shifts you didn't have a whole lot of days off and like it, it was just work and work out but at the same time it was kind of nice to have time to focus on you but it was like the worst thing being away from the family for that long so it's kind of funny i do want to point real quick i think someone said uh, in there that i i still uh, spank no i don't know if you misunder i don't know if i spoke wrong or something no i don't spank uh at all no yeah i don't, I don't spank i I, I go ahead I was just going to, I'll talk about that. Actually, that's yeah. interesting. You had mentioned <clears throat> something that's similar to me, which I went, I went on David uh, Brady, Provid uh, you've been on there as well. And he did ask me kind of about that situation. I'm, and I'm not. Road to Providence. Road oh, to well. Providence. Thank you. Yes. Um, so. I, I spanked my kids-ish. Uh, my mom and dad definitely, my, I don't remember my dad doing that so much, but um, he was a big guy. So he just looked at you and you were, you were a little scared. Um, but I did that and I, I regret that. So, you know, if you were having you know, another child, you would probably do things differently. And I would bet you're not going to be like that parent that's old first having kids and they're kind of, uh, in a different way in their life because you've had two, two other children. So hey, you have that third one, you know how the, the, the more kids you have, the less likely you are to take them to the hospital. You just kind of, matter, matter of fact, I had two older sisters and, um, I cut my finger off when I was one years old. Now my parents did take me to the hospital. But my mom was like, eh, this, you know, unless your fingers cut off, that's our standard. We're not really doing these kind of things. You, you get more and more leeway as it goes out there. I don't spank now because my, <laughs> my kids would hit me back. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I do regret that. And I didn't even really know about that process. And, and the, the rage that would come through me, I remember at the time, and you, how your reaction are, it's just, uh, it's, it's regrettable. Um, luckily, my kids are pretty good and can take a right. Cross. Yeah. Uh, Rogue popped in with a super chat with his weird European money. I don't know if what I got out of that. It could be a, a hundred bucks. That could be about tree fitty. I don't know. A big age gap between them is a good idea. If you want them to fight less too, less work for the parents, not having the, the, to solve the squabbles all the time. I mean, I don't know about you. My kids are nine and 12. So this weird, uh, weird, I guess you could say transformative time in their life where they're kind of transitioning from being, they're both girls. So being both little girls to kind of, so if anything, they're almost at an annoying bickering phase in them. And yeah. so if anything, that's actually something we've said to them because they want another kid. And I'm like, I don't know right now. Cause as much as you guys bicker, I don't know if I'd want to have another kid to feed off that energy. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, 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 if you, I will if you say this, to fight less, I don't know. Maybe it would make them fight less. I don't know. Well, you know? the, when there's a bigger age difference, you're not going to have yeah. a teenager, you know, fighting physically fighting with a two year old. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when they're just a few years apart, our kids scramble, you know, we, we mesh these two together. I had boys, the oldest, and then the girl. And then there was a girl and a, and a boy and the two boys fought. But they are like, but everyone's like buddies now because they're somewhat close in age. And that is fun. Right. When you finally get past all this, this crap, um, you can just uh, enjoy yourself as long as one yeah. of them's not a criminal or something. Yeah, I think it, I think for them it's because say with twelve and nine, like the nine year old's still in that very kiddish type phase, and the twelve year old's like starting to yeah. be older. So it's like they're in a 
they're they're on different wavelengths in a way. So maybe once they get through that little phase, it might be better. So the nine year old likes to fuck with the twelve year old a lot. So like, right. And the twelve year old's like, fucking leave me alone. <laughs> like, and uh, I don't know. Maybe once they get through that, I think it will be nice from the go so on. I don't know. What we'll is see. your what is your method of uh, yeah? Because at some point you can't be spanking them, right? It's just, it doesn't work anymore regardless. So what is, yeah. So what, (laughs) what is your method at this point? I don't know. It really depends. I mean, unfortunately I hate it, but they both have phones. Like my wife, God, the kids fucking keeps coughing, but, um, my, my wife gave them phones. I'm not a fan of that, but that's a good thing to pull. But, uh, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to let them fucking rage out and be like, you're kind of being a dick. I, I don't know. It really depends on the situation. It's hard to say. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do. I mean, I, I did really, as they were younger, trying to make a point of like trying to talk reason to them. And uh, I don't know, maybe, they may, maybe that'll ring through. The 12 year old's pretty good about that. But I don't know, at that age, I don't fucking know. There's no, there's no, there's no. <laughs> You're not making a, a, a book, simple. Uh, no. Like Jose's <laughs> Guide to Parenting? No, I, I don't know. You kind of play it by ear. It depends on the situation. I mean, most of the time I just try to be like, I don't know, deal with your mother. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I, no one wants to hear me because I just, I don't know, how do, how do I put this? When, when they try to argue with me, they uh, they just look really dumb real quick. So, right. <laughs> I'm less sympathetic, whereas their mother is. And I'm just like, well, let me explain to you how you're wrong. <laughs> so they're I, not a fan of that. I had some uh, parenting issues because we I had a... a divorced so split family and then um when i got remarried uh my my wife her her ex wasn't in the picture i mean he's he's a deadbeat so we had her kids full time and then my two had to split and my ex is fine you know we get along but you know there's still the kids have some stress with that and there's still different parenting techniques that kind of go on there and um you talk about reasoning our oldest i mean he's very analytical and you know i would sometimes you, you can't always reason with kids because they will understand that um, you have to be a hypocrite at some times to be a good parent. Um, will you do this? Okay. Well, that's me. And, but you know, they want everything fair. Uh, so I don't know what I, I, I'm home free at this point, Jose have a child and uh, let it ride. I don't know. I, I do want to wait till I'm in a better spot. Cause there is definitely economic, but I, I get there is to some extent, it will never be perfect, but I want to be yeah. a little bit better before I'm there. Um, all right, I want to move into a little bit. Um, I, I I said this to you in the chat. Um, I got Keith to do my Hasness episode of an Anarchist Handbook because for those who oh. aren't aware, um, I've been doing an episode for every one of the chapters of the Anarchist Handbook, trying to find people who, uh, who represent the ideas the best way they possibly can. Uh, I got Keith for that one. And uh, I, I don't want to say I, I would – you would, if I had known you a little bit better that time, I probably would have been apt to pick you, uh, because you are a lawyer. I'm sure this would have been right up your alley. But uh, I mean, I'm not at all complaining about Keith. No one, no, no. one get that about it. Keith was a great for that episode. Keith is a great. Uh, you know, I just didn't know you as well that time. Uh, I would have probably maybe gotten him to do like the Tannehills episode or something instead, because I think he would have done well with that one. And then uh, I think it would have been a good one for you. But point being. I really wanted to get kind of your thoughts on that. And I do have some questions that I kind of want to get your thoughts on that, that, uh, you know, more apply to you or, I know there was like one point I brought up that he didn't really seem to be as interested in that. I thought it was kind of an interesting part that I drew out of it and I'll get your thought on it. But I can also see if you have any thoughts on that episode, anything, anything stuck out to you. Cause I mean, this is like very much up your alley. 
uh, you know, dealing with the law or whatever. And, you know, being you being an anarchist lawyer, it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, to get your insights. So I guess if you had any takeaways from that, if you have anything, any, if you had any draw, like, I guess, I mean, I'm just repeating myself, but, but I'll let you go. <laughs> Uh, one, um, having Keith on was, was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. Keith is great, you know, just having him on, um, and talking to him, the guy can just roll and he yeah. knows everything. So, and I even, you know, I was question started to Keith Knight stand here a little bit as, uh, Andy said in the chat. Five. It blows my mind every time. Right. And, and, <laughs> and he's, and he's drug free for three or four years. I'm like, shit, <laughs> you've lived it all. Um, yeah. he's super smart. And he knows what he's talking about. And I've, so I'm like, you know, what, what are you doing with your life? And you're, you're going you know, educating. He's like, no, I've been kicked out of college three times. And I, I don't know. So good guy. Okay. So what did I get from that? First of all, glad you had him on. Not a problem. Um, a little, little pissed off. No, I'm not. I'm okay. Hasness, which is a unique um, for an attorney, because you look at it and the, the breakdown he does, he does three little sections in the beginning. It's like three scenarios that you would have if you were a first year law student or second year or third year and one, you know, two different types of thinking. So it drew me back. You're in criminal law. And I remember my teacher at the time saying, um, you know, right wingers are a little bit more pro police and the left wingers are all the sympathetic to the other side. So they tend to take those two sides when they're arguing a thing because you get a fact pattern as a, you know, for your test. And it's, you know, Jose broken and, and, you know, his murder or whatever. And so I'm, you know, you're going to, I'm going to put him away and they're going to try to make him uh, innocent or whatever. Um, but that's what Hasness was really pointing out is that you can have the two sides of the law and that you can both argue from a good faith basis about the law on two different sides. It also makes you realize where the, the whole crap of this is that we're not, uh, as, as I think what was the quote he had, we're a nation of laws, not people, <clears throat> or we're a nation of people. Oh, no, whatever it is right there. Yeah, so he, and he dispels that uh, quite nicely. Uh, so what I took from there is uh, my understanding or my journey through law school and then breaking that out for what I do now, which is I'm a family law attorney. And what I have to do all the time is I'm on one side of the uh, case for one time, and then I'm on the other side, and I have to always think about what the other side is going to argue for our, our client <clears throat> or against us so that I can run both sides because you always have to be prepared in that. And that's really what Hasness was, was talking about to me. That's the biggest takeaway I took from that. Um, but you know, Keith did a better job. All right. I do want to know uh, you being an anarchist lawyer, do you find yourself being more, I put quote unquote deceptive in my notes uh, with the law because I know me, I feel like if I was a lawyer, now there, I'm sure there are instances where you'd be like, I know that the key takeaway from Hasness is that you can kind of, kind of make the law be whatever you want. But yeah. the idea is that it's kind of like tailored to your beliefs that you're like, this is what I think. But me as an anarchist, if I'm like, I guess actually it still applies there because you are being like, well, this motherfucker didn't do anything wrong, so he shouldn't get in trouble. But I guess part of you would know that like, well, per the law, sort of, I mean, have you found yourself to be able to be, I guess, deceptive may not be the right word, but to be able to work with it, to get it to do what you want it to do, essentially. <laughs> um, and I guess that's kind of, as a lawyer, kind of what you're doing. But I guess it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't even know if all lawyers are really doing that intentionally. Uh, it's just a matter of like, this is what I think, and this is where I'm going with it. I mean, maybe I'm giving them more credit because I guess lawyers are intentionally deceptive but you would be doing it deceptive in a good way you know as, as an anarchist i would assume so well so on that idea i don't do criminal law anymore and part of that reason is because you have 
um, the, the, the judge is paid by the state. You have the DA that's paid by the state. And oftentimes that criminal that goes through there or the alleged, you know, victim or criminal, um, is being defended by a public defender, which is paid by the state. It's just a rigged game. And when I was in there and doing those kind of things, it was just a hassle. Uh, what do I do with this? I mean, so for most part, family law, it's just a, for in California, at least it's a, called bench trials, where it's just the judge, you don't have a jury. And then, you know, you just you and another person. So you're prosecuting or defending a situation all the time from both ways. So you're really trying to do what you can for your um, for your client. Now, does that mean so then you are trying to manipulate it? Do I do things? It's real tough. I just had a, a client here that was really going to push for they wanted their kid vaccinated. And I'm just not a fan of that. And that's uh, you know going to be uh, difficult for me. But then I had another client that was wanting to defend against that. Now I'm all on board. And so you know some of that is is your uh, ability to and your excitement in a sense to do that. But as far as the law goes, you are required if you're drafting a, a pleading or something and you're citing cases to kind of you can't just cite a little bit the how it defends you. You've got to pretty much um, have an understanding of the full intake of what the law is meaning. So you don't just grab it. I mean, you always are just using little bits and pieces for your own side and try to manipulate that, but you can't use it in a way that's uh, inappropriate or unethical. So um, do I, am I deceptive in that? No. I mean, cause ultimately, you know, my job is to, I'm a, a officer of the court. I've got, you know, my client to defend and, and the best thing for me is to try to get the, you know, I want to, I'm more about uh, making money and continuing on. And so my, my, I don't even do it in advertising. My best way is to get this client, you know, the best outcome they can move on. They're going to refer someone to me and it's just perpetuating at that point. All right. My next question, I kind of want to, I'm curious if, I mean, I guess maybe I kind of answered this question earlier, but with lawyers, do you find yourself interacting with other lawyers who have a genuine belief in the, un, the quote unquote rule of law? Because I mean, that that's the big point of hazardous is this idea right. of that, like, the rule of law, like these these laws have meaning, and it's kind of like the Ben Shapiro shit. If anyone's ever heard him talk about law, it's like, well, laws have meaning, and this is what they're supposed to say. Right. Blah blah blah. And the Constitution says this, but it's like you know the whole point of Hasness is like he literally you know the very beginning goes the First Amendment says this. I can you know interpret this to mean a bajillion different things, and can basically twist it and warp it to mean to have any interpretation I want, and just with the most simplest of things, you know, the First Amendment. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious if you find yourself having interacted with me lawyers who genuinely believe that, because it seems like from the outside looking in that like critical law theory, whatever it's called, you know, yeah, which is one thing it touches and has. And I've heard of before people who are like, you kind of get the law to mean whatever you want. And then they, they use that to kind of back up like a socialist type thing. Uh, I, I guess I'm kind of curious, like, I mean, from the outside looking in, it looks like that uh you know that that seems to be the you know the minority but I, i'm kind of curious if many lawyers actually do genuinely have this concept of the rule of law um well so i, I might be a little bit far removed because of what i do the family law right which is just a little bit different and so you have you're working with other attorneys that are mostly family law attorneys and what they understand is they will be on the exact side opposite i mean you know i could be against that same attorney multiple times in different cases and I have that same issue and I'm on one side one time and then I'm on the other side the other time. You know, it's just it's the way it is. So I don't see it so much in my field, but I've I've got some of them that, um, you know, they're the, actually this was that's more what you're talking about is more in the criminal uh, realm. And you can even see that with the written house, you know, gun length of something that, that you're just going to send them away. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Shapiro about the law is somewhat I understand as an anarchist, we just kind of want to throw that all out. 
but you can't necessarily because of the world world we live in. And so, you know, as an example, um, when uh, the the mandates were going to be up, and Ben Shapiro's uh, company sued to have a stay, you know, and he did a breakdown of the law and how it is. That was to me important to understand to explain to people kind of like what's going to happen, what's going to be the outcome. And even then, you can see that it's it's kind of you know, a six three that or one judge sees it one way, one sees it the other. Um, so, you know, what's what I've had more is um, I had this this attorney a few years ago and he was he was real all big about he was uh that my client needed to turn in his guns because we have a thing of domestic violence restraining orders they have to turn in their guns and he was real concerned about that and he started you know thinking that i'm just going to be on board with this and i'm like oh, no 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 I, I gun proliferation is my deal uh, and he was floored by that he was more floored by that than uh, a lot of these other little things so uh politics do come into it uh people's view of the law um you know other attorneys a lot of these Attorneys are just trying to, um, I'm more concerned actually as an attorney of uh, ones that are looking to just turn and burn, which they're just causing their clients to have to pay bills over and over. It's just a horrible aspect. That's probably more detrimental to a lot of them in family law than um, the actual laws. At some point. Andy's going to disagree. I know, but. All right, my last question on uh, you know the hazness type thing. Uh, there was something I brought up, and I really thought it was a really interesting thought when I was reading through hazness, and it wasn't something explicitly said, but I thought it was kind of interesting. And, and Keith didn't seem to think it was that prolific, so I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on it. Because one point hazness goes into is the illusion of the rule of law comes from the uniformity of those in like the judicial system or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, usually yeah. the, they usually, I mean, especially if you're talking about from like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, I mean, it's not so much nowadays, but especially back in the day, it'd be like, they generally are coming from a middle-class to upper-class background. I mean, you know, they used, usually were white people. They usually were men. And so one thought I got from reading that was, you know, especially through with our, you know, the, the big thing is like diversity of strength, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and to some extent, there's still going to be a uniform type thing uh, to some extent, because, I mean, even as much as you try to push diversity, you're still pulling from a very select group of people who end up in the system. But there is a little bit of diversity that leaks into there. And I'm kind of curious what your thoughts of if increasing diversity is in some way going to essentially, oh, I, I guess I kind of fucked it up. The, the reason why it seems like there's a consistent rule of law is because, well, no, I didn't fuck it up, but it, it, like, it, it seems consistent because we get con seemingly consistent rulings because of the uniformity of the people. Uh, but my point being is as we increase diversity, it may cause less consistency among rulings. And so my point being is as you increase diversity, it may create more... I guess havoc, if you will, or more, it makes it more apparent that the the rule of law isn't as real of a thing as we think it is. It's more flexible than we'd like it to be. So I'm kind of curious if you think that in some senses, this is kind of, I guess it's almost like a uh, collapsitarian type yeah, argument yeah. that like, as it does that, it kind of starts opening people's eyes of like, look how crazy this legal system is, you know, with the more diversity we push through there, uh, you know, define that, diversity in this case. I mean, not diversity of thought, you know, you know, kind of to, you know, to, to push back on a Shapiro kind of concept, you know, where he kind of goes into like how they don't really want diversity of thought they want like, you know, well, I guess it would be kind of diversity of thought, but you know, you would say with the pushing for different races, different sexualities, different, whatever, it would kind of create different rulings. Uh, so, I mean, I guess at the same time though, it even really is 
you could almost make the argument that it actually is still uniform in a sense. It's just still the, the common narrative. But I, I don't know. I guess as you know, the divide increases among the states, you know, you know, uh, you know, more left, more right, whatever you want to call it, there will be more of a, I mean, you can see it even more now today, you know, with the, the like say with Florida, New Hampshire, and then you have places like California, New York. Um, I, I guess the more apparent it becomes a huge differentiation and it isn't really as consistent rule of law. I guess I kind of want to get your thought on that. If that really, if that could possibly kind of lift the veil for a lot of people. Well, I think, um, I think that, well, I'll, I'll give to that, but I think the, the better breakdown is to watch the Rittenhouse trial as an example and see how the DA treats, you know, your white privileged kid, right? He will railroad that kid just as easy and easy and not quite as easy as, as a black kid or whomever. So, and, and that happens out there all the time. <clears throat> now, do you want to have the collapse happen while you're trying to, and, 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 and what I mean by this is, so you've got, um, case law, which, which establishes a lot of, you know, it's kind of the common law that you would have, but it establishes rulings and rules as we go along. Now in California, we have a lot of statutes. The legislature creates a bunch of rules and statutes uh, that you have to then adhere to. And that's actually the bulk of what we have. Uh, and sometimes they make a statute and then they realize it just doesn't, it's not attainable or, you know, these rulings are overdoing it. So the, they have to rewrite it, write them. And so you get different changes going there. Now, if you're trying to have custody and there's a, a, a law or a statute that doesn't make sense and it's collapsing. And because one thing I really try to do is I take my clients, take their issue and I tell them here is likely what's going to happen if we go to court. The best thing I can do, people always ask, do you win or lose all the time? Well, it's family law. You can, you can, it's, it's really about, did my expectations come true? That's the best thing I have for my clients. I go into, we go into court. I'm telling them, here's, here's, you know, you sit down, you're going to have this happen. The judge is going to say this, the bailiff's going to do this. And everything is happening as I laid it out. They're coming away from that going, oh, this, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's been there before. And then the ruling comes out similar as well. So for me, the best I can do is that <clears throat> now which that means is I can only predict that if I think the judge is going to rule in a certain way. If you start having this collapse and now I'm, I'm defending Andy, we're going to court, he wants custody. And this judge decides to choose, uh, just go way off the rails from what I'm you know, telling him to, to do. And it's going to be now that's, that's really detrimental to him or to whomever it is. So they may not like that collapse. So it depends on how I see this. And do I see a diversity happening? I've already seen, you know, I'm in one of the courthouses where it's like, eight, 10 judges. So it depends on which one you get. They're going to have different ways that they rule. Um, not everything is just an accounting problem that you may have. So the question I would ask is, do I want this to happen? And it probably needs to happen. It's a lot of people are going to suffer in the meantime. Uh, but um, there's a, there's a lot of crap that happens with the judicial system, our criminal justice system. And um, I think the best thing that really happened for us is you can see the, the, the like, again, the written house, where you can see the mistreatment and the the ease of the DAs to to get there. Uh, did I answer any of that? I don't I don't know yeah, if sorta. I yeah yeah. <laughs> so was um, that the one that uh, that you said Keith wasn't quite sure on? Well, he just did, I I thought it was an interesting insight, and then yeah. uh, maybe he didn't seem to think it was as much. No, I think uh, it's a it's a fascinating insight, and it has yeah. it can have great just like the collapse of our society can be great when you come out of it, but if you have to be in the in the meat it's grinder as it's yeah. happening, that can be really tough. 
Yeah, it's a mixed bag for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I always try to, I guess people people accuse me of being collapsitarian sometimes, but I don't really look at it that way. I think it's more about recognizing what's happening and adapting to what's going on. And with a collapse, there comes a rebuild of some sort. So it's a matter of just, you know, reading the signs and moving where things go. Because people see collapse as just the end of the world. And it's like, no, just as a rebuilding of a new one as well. But if you hang on to the old, yeah, it's going to be bad for you. Um, let me, you know. Let me ask Yes. Um, so you're a collapsitarian. I get it. I, I not kind necessarily, of, but well, go okay. I, you yeah. don't, you don't, you don't panic about it happening, right? Mm. You, you maybe are a pro in a sense, or or. I mean, I guess it depends. If it, I don't. Well, I, I guess for me personally, on my end, it's more of like I, I would, I wouldn't want to collapse to happen tomorrow. I don't think I'm prepared. Um, okay. You know, because I, I was wondering yeah. if 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 maybe your attitude is because of your preparedness or not. No, I think no. that's a lot of people, right? Either they're they're so in the shitter, they're like, yeah, just bring it on, or they're so prepared, they're like, yeah, bring it on. Um, and then there's that vast amount in the middle that's either unsure or they just haven't ever put their lives in order, or someone's always taking care of them, daddy, government, or whomever. Uh, so they just can't imagine uh, a world where they're not, you know, taken care of. COVID happens, and they just get free money. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 don't, I hesitate to call myself collapse chairing because it's not like I'm begging for a collapse or I want to collapse. Like if a collapse happened tomorrow, I'd probably it, I, I don't I don't I don't necessarily say I'd be fucked, but like I'd be a, definitely a lot less fucked than other people because I feel like uh, I've seen a little bit of writing on the wall. So I'd be a little bit more prepared than than most, but not as prepared as I'd like to be. But I, I do think it's one of those things of just like reading the signs of the times and adapting and setting yourself up to be ready and in a situation uh to be to prosper because uh, there are a lot of people who prosper in those type of situations so yeah. i mean if you're you put yourself in that situated situ uh, situation to prosper you'll be all right it's kind of the idea of having a recession proof job or whatever like uh for example a lot of people know i like i know it's kind of goofy but i breed hairless cats the sphinx uh, and we really might we really enjoy it. it's it's we we like it um and the way I see it is uh, we kind of cater like the people who buy those are typically middle class, to upper middle class and to even upper class uh, clientele, which are usually people that in a collapse of sorts are probably going to be OK, because most yeah. people who have money and assets and stuff, they're still going to be in a place where they can buy luxury items like that. Uh, it's usually the middle to lower class that are probably going to be fucked. Um, so we're. I mean, I'm not saying we'd be like perfect in a collapse, but, and then we have other stuff going on too. So I, I don't know. It's just a matter of moving. And this is very much an agorism thing, putting yourself in counter economics, putting yourself in a spot where you're not so tied up in the state as much as possible. Cause that's the big thing. You know, if you're tied up in a collapsing thing, you're going to be fucked. Um, but let me, let uh, me just go back yeah. on the law real quick. I, I don't know how much time you really have yeah, here. No, you're good. I, okay. We can get going. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, and because I see Isaiah puts here about, you know, laws matter or, you know, and, and I have to almost re remind myself, okay, anarchy doesn't mean there's no laws. And I, I do want that. Common law was established for a reason. You don't, um, Walter E. Williams, I don't know if you know, he is a great black economist. Yeah. Uh, he used to go, you know, sub in for Rush Limbaugh and he would say things like, you don't get to play poker without the rules, right? If I just have uh, rules and I get to change them automatically during the game, you know, a living, breathing constitution or rule game, shit's gonna go off the rails and it will. So we can collapse these rules or you can understand, you're talking about the diversity of a, of a, a judge that's, you know, changing uh, or not reading the law the same way. Well, we see that with the Supreme Court already. Uh, those laws do matter and they do matter for a polite society, just like guns would be in there. 
but we have to, you know, it's gotta be, um, you have to know what you're getting into. Just like I said, you know, my expectations for my clients, it just means that a lot of the laws that we may have right now are bullshit and that we should, uh, you know, scrap them. That's, that's kind of what I would look for. I would love a stripped down system of law uh, much like a stripped down system of government and whatnot, but it doesn't mean that there's not consistency with that. Yeah. And one of the points too, in the Hasness, the uh, Hasness uh, essay was that, it's not even it's not even there's an issue with law or that there's even an issue that the rule of law is nonsense. The issue is the monopoly on it, because yeah. the idea is you can have different areas that have different sets of laws that work differently for them. And, you know, it's it, you kind of create a free market of laws, essentially. You know, the areas that have a shitty system of laws probably aren't going to do some well. And the, the areas that do are probably going to do better. Um, and, you know, and even then there might be areas that, you know, both are doing well, but have different sets of laws because they're adapted to their er people that live in that area or whatever. So like, uh, for example, the situation I used in the Keith Knight one is kind of joking. I poked a little fun at like Archie, you know, you could have your brand of libertarians that have like Archie set of views that, you know, think, uh, racism's a, a breaking of the NAP and whatever, as long as their own, their own little area. And they're in their own area of their own little stupid laws. Uh, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Like right. if that works for them, cool. I, I don't give it. And if you want to choose to live in that area where we block up people for saying the N word, I mean, whatever. I mean, I don't agree with it, but you know, like if, you know, if you want to move a town over to where you can, where, you know, you want to drop the hard, hard R, you know, that's your thing, uh, whatever, you know, <laughs> like uh, it's, it's more the, the idea of having a monopoly in the law. And by yeah. the way, I think Isaiah didn't mean to say that. He said something about having a typo. But it did oh. bring up a good uh, opportunity to kind of touch on that point. Yeah, yeah. So. I, 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 when he said that, I think he was kind of making a joke there, but uh, or he was okay, correcting it. But I think he he made me think about that, so I didn't want to just be flippant to myself. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the bullshit now. Oh, uh, that wasn't the which, bullshit. <laughs> the bullshit. Uh, and I guess I'll give a little introduction for people who don't know. Uh, for my audience who doesn't really pay attention to the nonsense, which, you know, good for you. You probably shouldn't. This is nonsense. I, I'll, I didn't even, okay. All right. First off, uh, we have my buddy, uh, waste main or uh, Andy at waste underscore main M A N E. Um, you know, he, there was, I guess there's a beef between me and Pulpo, which I don't, I'll be honest. I don't even really have a beef with Pulpo. He just started being a cunt and I blocked him cause he was being annoying and uh, like I always liked his hijinks. It was kind of funny. I mean, it wasn't as funny as some people think, but I enjoyed it occasionally. Um, but then he started coming after me and clearly was had some, you know, he was coming off as a hater. So I blocked him. I didn't really care. It, it really wasn't this a huge thing. It clearly he kept, uh, he seemed to think I have a beef. He has a beef with me. It conveniently happened after I came after his buddy Pete, which I won't go into that too much. I'm sure that'll probably come up in the thing with uh, in the thing. And then, and he decided that, you know, he wanted to, uh, I guess, have a thing of us go at it kind of deal on his channel. And I initially was like, no, this is dumb. Like, I don't have any, I don't want to engage. This is dumb. Like, I have nothing to gain from this. And then he, uh, and they were kind of like, wow, what would it take you to do it? And I, I said, uh, I think I sent his post like kind of half jokingly. Cause I mean, sometimes I do things for the reaction. Um, I no. said, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, oh, I never do things for the reaction. Right. <laughs> Uh, I said, oh, $200 worth of patron patrons, uh, you know, like patrons per month. Like, and uh, obviously I knew I wasn't going to get that. Uh, the, the idea was I knew immediately people were like, oh, you're a fucking grifter. And I'm like, okay. Like, and which one, I think the grifter thing is fucking retarded. Like, yes. like if you're accusing me of grifter, like, yeah, I'm trying to make money. No shit. <laughs> 
I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to get good guests. I'm trying to have a good show. Like, I mean, uh, to be fair, we were talking in the, in the chat today that I've been doing a lot of live readings and all of a sudden being as good numbers, yeah. but I enjoy them more. So I've been doing them more. So I'm probably not a very good grifter in that regard. But either way, I was doing it just because I knew people would show their ass and kind of just like draw them out to look like idiots. Because, you know, whatever. I like doing that. I, I like, you know, kind of doing things for the response just for fun. But anyways, uh, and then he kind of, I guess he found out a bunch of people actually kind of were like talking about having enough money to do it. And then he mentioned Neocon Remover, which I didn't realize. I assume because he had raised a bunch of money that the medical bills about handled. Neocon Remover is a, is a great follow on Twitter and yeah. uh, he's a funny guy. And I get, and a while back, his wife, uh, I don't know this story. I don't think he really gave a full story, but somehow his yeah, wife got shot yeah. at the range or some shit. And so he asked for help. A lot of people came together, donated a lot of money, but I guess he still has, uh, still has uh, medical bills. And he mentioned that and he was like, yeah, we're going to give whatever is left over from the $200 for you to him. And I was like, well, I mean, if you're already got the 200, but just give it all to him. I don't really care. Like I was just like, I mean, don't be wrong. I like 200 bucks, but at that point I'm like, Oh, right. you actually have the money. I was part of the $200 oh, is that I didn't think it would happen. It was kind of this like reasonable amount that was like kind of believable, but also I didn't think it would happen. So, and it did happen. I was like, well, just give it all in the economy mover. And so now it's actually happening. I kind of fucked myself over by saying anything, but I'm glad it is actually going to go to a good cause. So supposedly me and, and uh, Pulpo, which supposedly have a beef, he has some beef with me. We'll get into it more. Uh, we're going to have it out, um, which, I mean, I've said already that I just intend to just be like, okay, what's your, what's your beef? And then I'll address each issue. I mean, and for just to let you guys know, uh, I will likely will for my audience that's listening. I likely will probably repost it on this channel later to increase uh, to, uh, you know, to kind of help get more money in Neocon remover. Yeah. Uh, God, my fucking cat. Uh, but jumped up here. Uh, but to get more money to Neocon remover, kind of increase the awareness. I'll probably drop the link and stuff because, you know, if I want I, I want I do want to help Neocon. Remover. I, I like him. He's a nice guy. I've never had an issue with him. Uh, I know he does stuff with like Pulpo and I, I don't even really have that much of an issue with Pulpo other than he's kind of being an annoying cunt, but like, yeah. So I think if there's anything else I haven't really dropped, uh, I guess I've kind of covered it all. Uh, he's supposed to have beef with me. We're going to have it out. It's really kind of dumb. Um, You're going to do it live on Andy's show. Yeah. Yes. Andy's and Oh, it, it, it will initially be, uh, if you guys do want to find it, go to at, at waste underscore main M A N E. Uh, and it, he has in his, in his fucking bio, he has his Aussie channel. So it will be there. Go follow him on his Aussie channel. It will be Aussie exclusive, probably week two, three, however many later. I'll probably, I may or may not drop it on my episode. Obviously if it gets super crazy, if it, like, I don't know if it gets into like weird territory, that's like super, I don't want my audience to have it, but as long as it stays relatively not too horrible, I'll probably repost on my channel to increase the reach to help. Not that I have some amazing reach, but to help you know, help out Neocon Remover. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know if there's anything I missed, let me know. But I guess I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. Um, I don't have to go too deep into it. I guess maybe if you have any had, preliminary thoughts on the quote-unquote fight. Well, I <laughs> he said it's in his pinned tweet too, so just go to Waste Main yeah. and you're, you're there. Um, I had offered, if you weren't going to do it, to come on as your counsel uh, to, <laughs> to, to, to defend you. Um, now I don't know if that would be possible. It's, it's a, look, lead the fifth the whole time. Talk to my lawyer. Right. right, right. Um, <laughs> what's interesting about this whole thing. So there was, uh, and I could get into too much. People may know that, that some of the backstory, um, 
goes way back. And, and I have some of this because some of you guys reached out to me at showing me some screenshots of this lady that was uh, threatening to sue and said, hey, take a look at this. I'm come back and said she has no shot in hell, whatever, do your own thing. And so then there was back and forth. Stacy comes into this thing way after the fact uh, and makes a big deal. Then there's the Pete issue, blah, blah, blah. And then by the way, I, hey, by the way, apparently it was all because she's an alcoholic and she's clean now. So it's all good. But go on. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> she's she's cured. Sweet. So uh, this is happening on the timeline. And I never jumped in there because uh, I I didn't want to jump in. I just I knew if I liked any of it, I would be uh, blocked by these guys or whatever. And I just didn't have any game in it. And, uh, you know, so um, that was happening. But then at one point, Popol jumps in and he is very serious about the the outrage of this. And I'm like, this is a guy that appropriated uh, Michael Malice's <laughs> you know, name and was telling, hey, if you tell your here's a free troll for your Facebook friends, you know, post the N word and just doing shitty stuff like that. And it's funny. And suddenly he's white knighting. And I I'm like, I, I can't uh, I can't take this serious. So I said, hey, I have screenshots <laughs> of some of the debate. You want to see this? Uh, and then I posted his balls, which he had done. Uh, that's, you know, kind of how he got people to do it. But he had said no. He said, no, I don't want to see it. And then he was just upset and he was going through this. So he blocks us all. Perfectly fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. My problem with Popo is that he unblocked me. That, that is a true sign. of If he were to reblock me, I think I would even lose less, uh, you know, respect for him. The fact that he unblocked me seems, I know, he, I'm joking to some extent. But uh, if you're a true wigger, you're not going to back down from your original block. So, um I don't know what to say about the whole issue. It seems to be uh, funny. Uh, you know, he's white knighted for Pete on, on there. And I, I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, I don't know really what the, I do have a problem with. I should shut up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, say that. I mean, if you want to, sure. But I mean, whatever, I guess we're trying to hype up the fight a little bit. I will give a little more context for those who aren't aware. Uh, essentially, Stacy threatened to dox me. And at that point, yeah. um, uh, I think it was Reed or uh, Reed had contacted Pete because for those who aren't aware, Stacy, uh, I guess currently is and was uh, his girlfriend and fiance, Pete's girlfriend, fiance. And I'll be, I'll be honest. I'd blocked her a long time ago. Uh, and I know a lot of people give me shit that I was like still shitting on her behind a block. Cause she never blocked me back. But I do that. I do that all the time because it's like, I'm trying to bully you into blocking me back. As soon as you block me back, cool. We never have to interact with each other again. And she threatened to dox me over the whole fucking, you know, chick who, cause I essentially had a take on Reed show forever ago. There's some chick who, you know, the, I think it was Kevin hobby or whatever, something about like yeah. that he had hit his girl or whatever. And all I had said is that we don't ha we have very little context. All oh, he said was he get pushed another her. one here. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Uh, but he had said he had, he had pushed her and I'm doing around. That's not okay. But I was, I was also like, we have zero context. Like, so there were all people being crazy on social media, dragging, yeah. you know, there were actually, you know, the funny thing is the initial reason why I got caught up in this is because I was actually defending uh, her because people were giving her shit, uh, you know, saying that like, you know, that uh, she was all wrong or whatever. And I jumped in kind of like, I don't get why anyone's going crazy on either side. There's very low context. People shouldn't be doing this as inappropriate. Yeah. And I was actually defending her. And like, but I also am kind of just being, you know, objective about both sides. I'm kind of just like, we don't really, we have very little. He, he in a tweet admitted that he pushed her and he's ashamed of it. And that was all, that was all. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, that's not good. But we also have zero context of how that happened, you know, why that happened, anything. 
And so my point was just like, you guys should stop dragging this through social media because this is ridiculous for both sides. Like, really, unless unless someone comes with some major receipts, like, what are we doing here? And then people went on this crusade, you know, making out like we were okay with hitting women, especially because I made a reference to a Bill Burr bit that where right. like the joke is like, you know, people always say there's no reason to hit a woman. And the joke of the Bill Burr is like, yeah, there are plenty of reasons. You just don't do it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and, and like, that's kind of the point. Like, like women aren't these magical beings that hover above us all. Like there are, there are things they can do that like, it's like fucked up, but it's still like, you don't do it. Cause it's not going to work out well for you as a dude. Uh, like, uh, let me just break in okay. and say, I, I, one of my, as family law, this is what I do all the time. And this was really rampant during COVID, which is domestic violence restraining orders. You have family, cousins, whatever, a familial bond, and there's a violence from one party to another. I do these, I prosecute and defend all the time with these women are just as bad as men. They, they, you, men just don't report it as much. So if it finally gets to that spot, you know, I've, I've seen horrific things that happen. Um, and by both sides. So, you know, when I saw this thing online and her doing this thing, my first reaction is, um, going on, going on Twitter is not the outlet you need. You need to go, you know, delete your account, go get some help, follow restraining order or shut the fuck up. I don't know. Or drop major receipts. Yeah. Like, cause that, that was a thing. It was just simply him that, and, and but anyways, anyways, this led up to Stacy jumping in, yeah. trying to white knight for her. And then, Stacy being someone I blocked, the only reason she was even something to be even regarded in any way, shape, or form was because of Pete. And someone had already contacted uh, Reed had contacted Pete behind the scenes, like, hey, uh, you know, what's going on with this? And he never even he ignored him. Like, just never replied. And I, I'll say right now, if Pete had said then and there that, hey, I, I like I don't really want any part of that, then I would have just gone after Stacy. But we all know for like if I had like dragged the fuck out of Stacy, that Pete would have probably came in and tried to cause some shit. So I went right straight to the source, the only issue. And I told him like when she threatened to dox me, I said I called him out. I said fucking control your hole. And that's what a lot of people know, like the whole thing, like that's where it came from. I go. said control your hole. Right. I said you know get your house in order. And like I was not retained at that moment. I would have yeah. restrained you. <laughs> No, I, I'll be honest. I, I mean, I, I know I knew what I was doing. I, I knew what it I was, know. but she had threatened to dox me. And and not to say that I would like I was really honestly that concerned about being doxed. I mean, a lot of people know I use a fake name. Yeah. Uh, it's not even that I really have that much to cover up, but I like having a, sh a, a shred of anonymity. It's just nice to be in this circle and not have to worry about that, you know, but it's nice to have a little bit of anonymity. And, you know, I knew there was a – I actually thought I might get doxed from doing that because I knew – I was essentially aggravating a response. That's essentially what I was doing. And yeah. I actually still, I have no issue. Like he had been contacted behind the scenes. He chose to ignore. There's no way he didn't see Reed try to talk to him. I had gonna, Reed not gonna, contact him. Go ahead. Are you going to go into this kind of stuff? I'm sorry if you want to keep going on with it. But, no, go uh, do, are you going to go into this with uh, El Popo? What's kind of your strategy? I'm assuming he's going to. I'm I, like, I don't know how he's going to avoid that. Cause I have no, it doesn't make sense to me at all that he would, that he would, uh, God, how do I say this? Like, I don't get where he's coming from and having such ire against me aside from that. It was after that that he started having issues. I don't really understand where he's coming from. I know he accuses Tower Power Hour of being, like, cringe and grifty. And it's like, True. yeah, we're trying to get big fucking guests. And, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's kind of the – like, we try to get good guests for our show. I, I'm sorry we're trying to be successful. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, okay. I, I, I don't know. But – 
point being is uh, I probably have said too much already, but I'm sure some stuff that'll come up yeah. in that anyways. So I guess it's good to air it out. And so people understand the context, but yes, yeah, so that's something that happened. And by the way, like I wish it hadn't come to that. She threatened to dox me and then she ended up doxing Clint for some weird ass reason, which makes <laughs> no sense to me. I actually thought right. I was going to get doxed for that. Like I really thought I was going to get doxed, but I was kind of like, it was kind of like a, you know, let her, I was kind of aggravating her into it on purpose kind of deal. And it didn't work out that way. And if I had known that Clint was going to dox, I never would have done it. So, you know, the, the good news but, is I now have uh, Clint's phone number. That's that's uh, and yeah. uh, Cole's from another <laughs> doxing that he's done on himself. Uh, I'm starting to amass them things. You know, back in the good old days, you could just go and you can um, get someone's uh, address and you can just start doing these free like um, samples of a magazine and start sending them to him kind of as a harassment. That doesn't really work anymore. So I'm trying to figure out when and where I'm going to use these, uh, this info I have on these uh, people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the funny thing is like, uh, aside from the address and stuff, like, I guess they, she docks his last name and being like, look, he's, he's, he's fucking faking. He's not, it's not even his real name. It's like, well, he uses middle name as his last name. It's not really that big of a deal. He kind of was doing the same thing as me and having a shred of anonymity. Like it wasn't that big of a deal, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. My point being, so you guys know the context that's, what happened that's you might what have led to, up to all of it as but, magoo says here you might need to establish that uh, at the start of your um maybe andy needs to give a breakdown of kind of where this came from uh, as i imagine he's the debate moderator yeah well i don't even that's my point is i don't even really get like it was just after that you started coming at me so is it gonna to be, be like, like some... strength you guys are gonna uh, you know go at each other with who can name the most nap violations yeah. or um what's yeah. the most autistic uh, girl you've dated uh something like yeah. that well, I know he makes fun of me for like being short, which is like yeah. I make jokes about me short all the time. I'm like five, 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 six ish. Is like, that yeah, something you've been working on, though? Have you? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on getting taller. I, I, I okay. do a little like a hangy thing trying to grow a little bit. Okay. But, yeah. Well, good. Stretch yourself out. Uh, that's yeah. that's important. I, you yeah. know, it's not much you can do. So um, I might get to I, five, I'm not seven. a fan. Five seven's like acceptable, you know, five seven's I, acceptable height, you know. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I'm six foot, so I, I, I would say maybe not. But um, in your defense, I don't, I'm not a big fan of people like, look at me. Okay. I'm, I'm hair's going back. I've got it spiked up because that's the only thing I really got going for me. <clears throat> I've gained about 20 pounds since my <laughs> bike accident in the last, in July, things aren't looking good, but what I'm not going to do then, unless I'm a, a model is rip on people online for their looks or what have you. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it's fun and it's easy to do. Sometimes you see their profile pic and you make fun of it. But for me, like if a fat person is saying we should have a vax mandate as an example, I'm just like, I've, you've had two years to get healthy. Shut the fuck up. Um, this is not happening. You know, you've had enough time to get healthy. Stop it. Uh, I'll do that kind of stuff. But I, did, I'm not a, I don't know why he goes after you because um, I've looked at these people that, you know, the online and they're nothing to <laughs> nothing I would be dating. Yeah. Which, by the way, I know uh, Pulpo accuses me of being like an internet tough guy. And like, I've actually said in the group chat a few times that, like, I mean, for one, I didn't come at Pulpo. Like, it wasn't like I called out Pulpo. I actually, like, Pulpo's not someone I necessarily want to fight. I like, I, oh. I, I, I've heard he apparently has trained a lot of MMA. So I actually think I'd probably lose a fight against Pulpo. I'm not even lying. Like, I think it wouldn't be like a thrashing, but like, I'd, I'd probably lose. Like, because I mean, he has probably done more training. I've done a little bit of training myself. Uh, I probably, I'd say I probably have, you know, 30 to 50 pounds on Pulpo if I had to guess, but you know, I'm a little bit of a thick boy, like, uh, not in a fat way, but like, uh, I, I've been, I lifted a lot of le heavy lifting in my life. So I'm kind of thicker 
but I'm also short. He probably has like a big reach on me. He's done a lot of training. So, you know, I'd probably have a hard time even landing shit on him. I'd probably, I think I'd probably have a tiny advantage on the ground, but either way, it's silly. This whole like, we're going to fight it, thing. It's silly. It is. Cause I'm not going to, <laughs> like, uh, I, you know, look, I, I, lo- I actually, you two have the, the best laughs uh, on the Liberty ish area podcast. Um, his one, and I, I did a review of not a podcast and um, he messaged me on the side and, and said some funny stuff. Uh, and, and I, I actually really enjoyed, you know, his stuff and he's a, he's a funny guy. I have nothing against him. Um, I just didn't understand why someone that is such a troll online would be so serious. So that was my problem. Um, you're also a guy that I enjoy. You've been super cool to me since we first started, you know, online, we, we rip each other. You send me stuff about cyclists and I, I love you for the fact that you take shots at me. Cause you know, that kind of self-deprecating humor is, is how it all goes. I'm interested in how this thing is going to play out. Um, you know, what's interesting too is you have, you can, um, I do, so I do bike racing. Sorry to, to divert here a little bit. And you can oh, be an God, amazing cycle. No one cycle- I'm just kidding. No <laughs> one on, fucking <laughs> um, But it, it's going to relate to Twitter, which is you yeah, can go yeah. out and, and race against someone who kicks your ass. Um, and then off the bike, this guy may be a total loser, right? And But on that, that little area that you're doing there, he's the king shit. Right. But it's the same on Twitter. You can have someone with, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers with their life, just an utter shit show. And when it really and then they're not going to give you credit. You know, I have like what eleven hundred or something followers. But you know what? I've got a pretty successful life and my life isn't necessarily, although you think it's in the group chat, my life isn't spent on Twitter. And so, you know, how are you judging yourself and being out there. And so this is just a stupid little yeah, uh, escapade so that we're doing. And uh, that's you know, why I, I didn't want to do in the first place. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But no, it is very silly, but I am glad it's going to go to uh new con remover. I mean, whatever this is, I feel like this is going to be a stupid shit show. I, I don't really know what critiques he's really going to have. I, I don't really, I mean, I kind of have a vague idea, but most of it's just going to kind of be like, okay. Yeah. Yes. I'm short. Yes. We try to get big guests on tower power hour. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's silly to call me specifically a grifter. I mean, especially because my show, it's not like, and yeah, I've had some big guests, but like I just did eight episodes of live reading of an agorist class primers or not agorist, right. but ag- an agorist primer. Like, it's not like, not like those are doing stupid big numbers. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I do content that I enjoy and I hope other people do. I mean, I hope I get money out of it, but it's not like, it's not like I'm going to great lengths to make a big thing of it. I don't know. It's really just all silly. I, 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 I I don't know. And I want to be very clear too, with the Pete thing, I don't really have any ire against him. Uh, I do hope he, uh, I hope the host, I hope he figures out the Stacy issue. So I do think that's a bad, a bad thing. Um, You know, she clearly is unhinged, but um, you know, uh, he's one of my bi- major influences. I love to grade a lot of his content. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this is just all silly, um, but I mean, oh, we'll see how this here's, goes. Here's my question for you. Why do you, why do you feel that this was a topic I needed to be involved in? Am I the Mario Lopez of the Twitter sphere where we're, we're doing the popular uh, Hollywood stuff? Jose. No, I just, I, I thought the timing to hype up the thing for the fucking, I'm, I'm, uh, for I'm, I'm shitting with you. Yeah. I just wanted to say yeah. Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez, yeah, I don't understand the reference. I know where he's from, but uh, you're you're Mario Lopez generational gap. He does these news shows now that are all soapy, sappy, you know, fluff pieces with Hollywood stars and stuff like that. I'm feeling like I'm the the joke's gone. It's gone. Well, Mario Lopez was a dude from uh, God, that fucking shit. 
Yes, yeah, that's all I remember him from. I didn't know the other shit. So, yeah, he's generation a generation guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> supposed I'm, to me. I'm Argentinian. Uh, it, so that's that's what it is. So. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. We're getting a little late here. Uh, I've had a few too many, and so I might say too much. But uh, I think we've hyped it up enough. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, definitely go check it out. I guess. I mean, I. Ha- it's like this double-edged sword. Like I, I really didn't want to do this. Like, but at the same time, I'm glad it's going somewhere good. So, and I also think it's going to be a complete shit show. So I hesitate whether I will put it on my channel or not. But because I, I, I think will say in your defense, likely get you nasty. Were... But- you were very yep. resistant in the group chat uh, against Andy about doing this. You're like, nope, nope, not happening, not happening. So the money to Bert's wife, uh, Neil Conrad remover, was the tipping point. And kudos to you for doing that. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty fucked up once he was already like, yep, we already have basically a few hundred dollars ready. I'm like, oh, okay, well, fuck. <laughs> like, I really right. didn't want to air this out all out on this shit, but it's all going to probably get aired out anyway. So... I mean, it's and, either going to go great yeah. and you guys are going to be friends afterwards or it's going to be just like it is. Oh, I, I doubt it. We'll, we'll be friends after. I, and you know what? I'm not even I don't even necessarily consider myself an enemy. He seems to have more of a chip on his shoulder than I do. Like I said, all I did was block him because he's being annoying and he just kept going and like, whatever, here we are. Like he seems to have a big issue with me. I, I don't know. Whatever. That's why I said, like, really, the way I'm going to approach this is kind of like, well, all right, drop. Let's uh, lay out your issues and I'll address them one by one. So. You know? Well, I will say, Jose, you've never blocked me. You've been a stand-up yeah. man for me, so I'm pulling for you. Um, but uh, I have no ill will for El Popo either. I've, uh, yeah. you know, no, I don't really either. I just kind of hope he stops being an annoying cunt. But that's about it. You know, okay. at least towards <laughs> me, like I, I just blocked him once he, like uh, once people come at me from a position of hate, that's I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna block you. I don't really like why. I, I, I totally, you know, you know you're, yeah. you're a, you're block heavy on the timeline and i i know what your reasonings are as far and i think it's helpful right you're you're doing a lot of it so that you don't have to see that crap the nick sarwak as an example or so that those people aren't reporting you and i think that's solid and also i know this sounds a little bit shitty but part of it too is when you do that it they they just a lot of times it makes people more unhinged and they become your your greatest promoters well you know whatever (laughs) i think that's what got the stacy thing going actually yeah i guess so uh, but I don't know. Uh, I hope, I guess, I don't know what I hope out of this. I hope Neil Connor mover gets a lot of money. I guess that's really all I hope yeah. out of all this. So, uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, I guess go ahead and drop your plugs and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll finish this up. All right. Well, uh, just Tyler Yonke, you could see it on the screen there, or for those listening, it's T Y L E R J A N K at, um, on Twitter, go there. I got a link tree of everything. My podcast, check it out on odyssey everywhere. Um, you know, hit me up if you're interested in me listening to a specific podcast. Um, right now, I'm pretty nice to everybody, but at some point, I will. Um, there's a bunch of shows I've been thinking about maybe taking an episode, breaking it down, and kind of hash, you know, just really going harsh. But you know who's been doing that great lately? Dave Smith. He's been uh, taking some podcasts or some episodes or things online, and he and Robbie break those down. So what am I going to do? That's that's kind of what Dave's doing. Tyler, and that's uh, that's me. And Find me out there. Follow me on Twitter and um that's all I've got. Yeah. And uh, I'm, this is No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. I'm all the major audio pocketers, Odyssey as well. If you want to follow me on Twitter at 2020 No Way Jose, if you want to support me, patreon.com says No Way Jose 2020. Once again, I cannot apologize enough. This shit came up for my people. I try to keep this more like a, a more serious content, but you know, this is something that's happening and it is going to a good cause. Uh, you know, I will try to probably, if I do repost that, uh, the garbage man one, I'll probably try to put some sort of title up there, but don't let that hesitate. Some sort of title that warns you, but don't let that hesitate you from don- donating to Neo Connor mover. 
because uh, I do think uh, that is a worthy cause. UConn Remover is a great, like a great account, great guy from everything I've seen, and you know, help out our own kind of deal. So, uh, you know, all the uh, I think the I think it's on uh, Garbage Mains uh, or Waste underscore Mains channel. You can find the uh, place to donate. Go check that out. Uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And once again, go fucking go to at uh, waste underscore main. And even if you don't want to watch it, I'd suggest don't watch it, but but fucking uh, go give money. Uh, so even if you don't want to watch it or if you like to uh, revel to roll in the shit like the filthy pigs we are, then go for it. And with that, we are out. Thanks for everyone who showed up.